All right, week one is here, and the Texans miss D-Hop. Yeah, they do. All right, the Cowboys. What are they, Jason? They are who we thought they were. All right, the Houston Rockets just fired Mike D'Antoni. I don't think he was the problem. The Lakers are looking good. They are gelling. The Astros are not looking good. They are not gelling. And then Cal Allen drops a close one to Waco La Vega up in San Marcos. It was a, that was a very good game. All right, we'll have all this and more right here on the Right On Sports Podcast. This is the Right On Sports Podcast with Jason Cassera and Gabe Myers, your best source for local sports talk. The Right On crew will be highlighting all your favorite local teams and everything else the world of sports has to offer from right here in the Coastal Bend. All right, we will stop beatboxing now, and we will start talking about sports here on the Right On Sports Podcast. Um, oh, yeah. We ha- Week one of the, N- the NFL season is back, Jason. We played football games. Screw the oh. coronavirus. We are playing football this fall. And it was it was good. It was fine. Oh, I didn't move from my couch for I watched, yeah. Days. I watched. I was into it. You know, football is still yeah. football. Yeah, I was able. It was, it was good. Yeah, I moved to get to the studio here, so that was good. Uh, my legs forgot how to work over the weekend. Um, we had nine games, the 12 o'clock slate on Sunday. But the game we're going to talk about right now is the one that happened on Thursday night where the Houston Texans severely missed DeAndre Hopkins. They got to start off the season, the 2020 NFL season, come out. After uh, uh, an off season of some weirdness, but a lot of practice, right? I mean, you've had training camp. You, you've you had a lot of time to get ready for the 2020 season. And they basically started it how they ended last season. By losing <laughs> unceremoniously to the Chiefs yeah, just, at Arrowhead Stadium. Just looking dumb. You know, just looking dumb. But yeah. I don't, do the Texans look dumb or just the head coach? I mean, it's the coach. I mean, it, or I, as I call him, Emperor O'Brien, because <laughs> uh, that's what he is. He is the head coach. I mean, technically, he's not the offensive coordinator, but the offense looked pretty much what it always looks like. So I think he's still got a heavy influence. He's a general yeah. manager. He's making all the roster moves. Man, it's uh, the Texans receivers combined had 13 catches for 163 yards. DeAndre Hopkins in week one had 14 catches for 151 yards. <laughs> yeah, this is a kidding, bad dude. look for Bill yeah, O'Brien. It is. I mean, David Johnson looked good for what we saw. And and I think uh, the, the Chiefs were playing defense similar to how Houston did, right? They were letting a lot of underneath action happen. But we had no long ball, really. Yeah, we didn't really take very many deep shots. Um, didn't take advantage of I, anything. Here, Here's the problem I had. And I... For those of y'all who don't follow me on Instagram, follow me on Instagram at Gabe underscore Myers 33. I've been going live after the primetime football Don't forget games. about the underscore. Yeah, don't forget about the Super underscore. Important. Who knows with where that could take you if you yeah. don't use the underscore. Some who knows what lunatic you could be following. Some different Gabe Myers. But Michael Myers. The, um, <laughs> but here's the, like, the whole offseason, every time people talk about the Texans, and I feel like so many people in the media treat – certain people with kid gloves. And I think one of them, I thought in the offseason, Bill O'Brien got treated with some kid gloves because they were talking about, oh, how now that DeAndre Hopkins isn't there, you don't have a true number one receiver, defenses aren't going to know where the ball is going. The problem is that Deshaun Watson has no clue where the ball is going because <laughs> none of these guys are getting open. What yeah. use is it to have a bunch of options if none of them are good options? Right. So I'm... That's what that was number one thing to me week one. I mean, what the play they had the most success with was Will Fuller running a ten yard slant route. I mean, and Will Fuller's a deep threat. He's not a guy you want running underneath. He's a guy you want running deep. But right. you're throwing slant routes to him because you simply have no other well, option. What'd you bring Randall Cobb in for? I mean, that that's who Randall Cobb's supposed to do, right? And, and he only played like forty percent of the snaps. I mean, yeah, I think he finished with two two catches. Did he? Oh, he caught a pass. <laughs> yeah, I think he had two catches. My my deal is is Bill O'Brien should have been fired. Before leaving Kansas City earlier this year, we forget that really did happen this year that long ago. But when they blew that lead, and by all intents and purposes, in that playoff game, the talent was decently equal. I mean, I, I think the Chiefs the Chiefs are a very good team. They're my Super Bowl pick, and I probably would have said that last season too, especially once the playoffs started. But 
Bill O'Brien should have been fired for that loss. There's no reason for him to be in the position. Not he's for in the right loss, now. but for the way they lost. And and then just no yeah. answers for it. And he always gives you the same answers. I just I got to coach better. Yes, you do have to coach better. You've been saying that now for seven. This is his seventh season, and what is it? What would it actually take for Cal McNair? to make this guy be accountable for what's out there on the field. I and mean, he has all the power now. I mean, early on... Early, all of it. He, early on in his coaching career, it was, you know, he had subpar quarterback play. And I think everybody with a brain understood that when it was yeah. Fitzpatrick and then uh, Hoyer and then Brock. Um, and then Deshaun's rookie year, everybody gets hurt. So they they went 4-12, and 12, but the offense looked good with Deshaun. And everyone... You know, everyone got hurt that year, so you don't really put it on him. Like, yes, they had a bad record, but there are a lot of outside factors. But the last three years now, or this is year three, you've had a healthy Deshaun Watson, and now Bill O'Brien has full control of the roster. This is his team all the way through, and they still look bad. I mean, we didn't need David Johnson. You didn't need him. You needed to still have DeAndre Hopkins, and there will never be any sense behind that move. He can say... Uh, I, I wouldn't have been able to give the money I gave to Deshaun. Yes, Maybe. you could have. I mean, you have. How about you worked it out? How about instead of paying Randall lines? Cobb eight million dollars <laughs> to catch uh, two passes, or instead of playing, paying Zach Cunningham fourteen and a half million dollars a year to not be effective in the run or the passing game as a linebacker, or instead of paying Bernardrick McKinney. $12 million <laughs> when he's a 1980s linebacker. Instead of paying – or Eric Murray, who's a backup-level safety, instead of paying him Ugh. $6 million. Yeah. How about instead of paying those guys, you pay DeAndre Hopkins, who's the best player in the league at his position? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I'm beating – you know, I'm beating a dead horse here. But we just saw on sun, we saw on Sunday how stupid that trade was when yeah. DeAndre Hopkins playing against the San Francisco defense is lighting them up defense. like a yeah, yeah. A very good defense is lighting them up like a Christmas tree. Meanwhile, nobody for Houston can get open against the Kansas City secondary, who I'm not going to say is bad, but they're certainly not elite. Yeah, they're nowhere near the 49ers level. Uh, not Jalen, what Jalen Ramsey? No, no, he's he plays Rams. for the Rams. Yeah, Rams. I mean, they have Richard Sherman. Well, yeah, we'll get into the Cowboys. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the, they 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 the Kansas City secondary is not bad. They're good, but they there were there were balls that went off of Fuller's fingers. Um, I saw a couple. Yeah, I, Fuller I think that, Fuller had an early drop. Stills had a Stills, bad drop. Yeah, and, and and I think someone in the end zone. I think there was one. Well, Jordan Akins actually looked Jordan decent, Aiken, but he's he didn't an, go to him. He's enough. an athletic tight end, yeah. but but was with as many receivers Regardless. as the Texans have. They're not going to be able to use the tight ends. They want to be able to use David Johnson a lot. They want to use Duke Johnson. They want to use uh, Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller and Kenny Stills and Randall Cobb. Like, are the tight ends going to get any like run this year? I, I think, think Bill O'Brien so. got really lucky by being the offensive coordinator with Tom Brady as his quarterback at the time, and and having a lot of talent on that Patriots team. Yeah, and but the thing is, O'Brien he then goes to Penn State, takes over for Joe Paterno. That was supposed to be a disaster given what had happened with Sandusky and sanctions and all this. Yeah. And Penn State was actually a good program when O'Brien was there. He probably and, had a lot of good assistant and, coaches, so I think, think. So what I think and it talent. is, I think O'Brien, your ceiling is going to be low with him. But yeah. your floor is going – like you're never going to be an elite team as long as Bill O'Brien is your head coach. Or a bad team. But you're never going to be bad either. Because yeah, yeah. the guy went 9-7 and seven with Brock Osweiler, Brian Hoyer, and Ryan Fitzpatrick back-to-back yeah. years. And now while the AFC South those years wasn't very good, he won two division titles with those guys at quarterback. Which, like, he's not a bum head coach, but he's the worst general manager in football. And there's not a ton of talent <laughs> on this Texans team. Just and now I look, going forward, their next three games... Oh, they have to play Baltimore next week with the league MVP and Lamar Jackson. That's oh, remember last year? Didn't they lose like forty five to? Yeah, they got to destroyed. Baltimore? And after that game, they played uh, uh what, what what was the game they they played Denver? Do you remember? Weren't they I like re- they were on a hot streak or something? They won a few in a row and then they went and got they got lost by Denver. Yeah, somehow? I remember that game. And was it the week after they played Baltimore? No, th- there was some separation between those two games. But I mean, the, the Ravens. Those games were enough though to where you knew, even with that Chiefs game in the playoffs. You couldn't feel good. Like, hey, we're actually going to win this game. Oh, that's I, not a that wasn't a good. Team. I never think the Texans are going to win playoff yeah, you games. Just can't. Um, You're a new fan if you think that. 
but they can hold a lead. I mean, the Ravens are that's uh, they're not going to beat Baltimore. Uh, Steelers, this week. the Steelers look good. Did you see the? Oh, I I guess you said you didn't watch. This. I didn't watch all of it. Yeah, did, maybe a few you, minutes. Um, but man, that Steelers defense looked really really good. One thing consistent in the NFL is Mike Tomlin is a good coach, and I think he keeps his Steelers teams. Uh, Dude, the Steelers defense. He's been there like 13 years now. The Steelers defense is real, and they have to go to Pittsburgh to play them. So good luck with that. Um, and then the Vikings, who didn't look good week one, but that's a very talented roster you're playing in week four before Jacksonville in week five, who currently sits atop the AFC South. <laughs> Who thought we'd yeah, be saying that at that. any point this I, season? I thought the Colts would push them around. So, I mean, hey, good for the Jags, right? Um, I was surprised the Vikings took it on the chin like that to the pack. Man, did you see the way Aaron Rodgers looked? Yeah. Oh, he looked, looked good. He looked like the 2014 Aaron Rodgers. That Doesn't won miss MVP. McCarthy at all. Yeah. Uh, speak. So, before we get into Mike McCarthy and Dallas Cowboys, um, takeaways from that Texans game. Uh, the offense with, I guess, Tim Kelly's now calling the plays. I mean, it didn't look any more creative. Uh, was he even there? Was he in Kansas City? I mean, maybe they <laughs> left him. <laughs> it looked it looked like the same offense just without, you know, the best wide receiver in football. Yeah. Um, and in the defense, I thought they did. I mean, Collinsworth mentioned it on the broadcast. They did do some different things on defense. I don't think – it's not a great debut for a defensive coordinator. we got to play Patrick Mahomes and Andy yeah. Reid week yeah. one. Uh, so I'm. I thought. I mean, I thought the defense was meh, but I'm not gonna come down too hard on uh, Anthony Weaver. And then even at he has to play Baltimore in week two. I mean, for Anthony Weaver, a first time coordinator, this is a tough. That's a very tough first two games right there. So I'm not gonna judge Anthony Weaver too hard harshly because he's taking it on the chin these first couple of weeks, and rightfully so against yeah. two of the best offenses in football. Well, he might. He just might not get a fair shake at it. Honestly. Yeah, and not. it's not like the defensive talent's all that good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's okay. JJ Watt had two and a half tackles. He's really not there for the tackles. We don't care about that. I watched him get pushed around single team, not double teamed, quite a bit. And now it's worrisome. The guy's ripped. He's strong. We know that. But I, I'm starting to think, I wonder if he's he's paranoid in the back of his head about his back, about his legs. And that. Oh, he's had so many he's so, in, he's had yeah, so many he's so injuries. afraid to take a misstep. I don't know if that's in his head or not. I mean, he's, he's pretty hardcore and into a game, but. Ah, oh, for God's sake, man! It just feels like at this point, that's that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for a guy who's really becoming ineffective. Yeah, but he's still the like he's the only guy on defense that can actually make plays though. Like because he can get after, <laughs> he can get after the quarterback still. Well, it wasn't it. Marcellus had a really good sack early in the game, I think. No, it was Jacob Martin. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> but it was yeah, replaced Clowney essentially. <laughs> yeah, who? Yeah. Um, but the Texans defense, I look at like linebacker, not very good at that position. Defensive line, I think Watt Watt had a bad game on uh, on Thursday, but Watt's still really. We saw in the playoffs last year against the Bills, he's still a really a really high level. He's always player. gonna and he's always gonna garner a lot of attention. He's, yeah, he's, he's he's paid really well, and I just but I just feel like I just I don't know if he's as effective as he used to be. Oh, he's not, no question. And so like that money's tied up into that guy. And but the, the to... problem is the problem is not the money with JJ Watt. The problem is the money given to McKinney and Zach Cunningham yeah. and Eric Murray. Yeah. Um, and then they have guys like Brandon Dunn who are also making like three million dollars, who are just <laughs> like you know totally Which, ineffective. Yeah. And it's uh, you could replace Brandon Dunn with with uh, the rookie that we drafted, Ross Blacklock, yeah. who only played like ten percent of the snaps. Crazy. And he was you know he was probably a first round talent. Like I remember the Texans drafted him. I was like, oh, yeah. that's a really good. We yeah. got you know. A more he drafted him, I think forty first overall. He was not the forty first most talented guy. Like he was, he was a good in the steal. top twenty twenty five most talented players in the draft, in my opinion. Um, but I look at the Texans defense, and it's just not that talented. I mean, outside of Justin Reed, this whole second I, Bradley Roby's okay. But yeah. I mean, again, against the Chiefs, you're just not going to look good on defense. That's hard. They have a lot of great receivers, but, but and, it's and uh, that running back. I mean, he, he tore him up, man. Oh, Edwards Hilaire. I, he's a what perfect a nice fit debut. in Kansas. I, mean, I think the Texans got lucky, lucky that Edwards Hilaire didn't uh, – that the Chiefs didn't really use him in the passing game. Yeah. Because at LSU, he did a lot of his work in the passing game. And it's not like the Texans have good coverage linebackers. Um, they could have got torched a lot worse. Yeah, I really think the game could have been a lot worse. I thought that it took a minute for the Chiefs to get in a rhythm, but once yeah. they did, it was – I don't think the lack of preseason really hurt that much. I mean, I think there's there's still rust that they're going to oh, be shaving off. Oh, just across the league, I thought uh, the quality of football was very good. Yeah, I think that just says a lot about just the talent. And they, they, they had a training camp. They've been in camp for, like, what, a month, month and a half? Yeah, so I mean, college players don't play preseason games, and, like, you'll yeah. have – 
you know, Florida playing, you know, USC week one. Like, you know, you'll have good programs playing each yeah. other. You don't need a preseason in the NFL. But now let's move on to the other team in Texas, the less successful team over the last decade in Texas. People, Cowboys fans are going to hate me for that, but it is true. Um, the, da- the Dallas Cowboys, uh, which the Rams plus three was my favorite bet of the week, and that one hit. So, the, and the Rams, the Rams are a good team, man. They they definitely are a good team, but um, Dallas was that was boring. That was. That was freaking boring. I was on the edge of my seat. Oh, the were game. you on the edge of your seat though? Well, because the, the well, if pa- I, offensive pass interference it, it, call. So Cowboys he, fans get to whine about a new one. You so know? so here here's my take on a pass interference call. So I don't like. So again, full disclosure, I had money on the Rams, so I'm totally fine with the call from that <laughs> perspective. But here here, I thought the officiating in that game overall, especially at the end of the game, especially in the second half, I thought the officiating was pretty bad. Um, the, the interception that Jared Goff threw, you know, Alden Smith hits him on the head. That is always a penalty. The refs don't call it, and the Cowboys right. get a turnover out of it. So that goes Dallas's way. The play, or two plays before um, the pass interference call, the right tackle, Steele, who was getting beat like a, like a drum all night long, he gets away with an obvious, like he's grabbing the face mask of the Rams defensive end. That's co- that's coming after Dak. Steele literally has his hand in his face mask to keep him from getting around, from keep him from sacking Dak Prescott. And the an official is right there, three yards away from the play, looking at it and doesn't throw the flag. Um, and then the next player, it was two plays later, is a pass interference call. Now, letter of the law is a pass interference, yes, but with a minute left in the Sunday night football game, I don't want that called. Oh, sure you don't. Like, it, just as, like, a neutral fan, like, I don't want – like, that's very ticky-tack. It's very letter of the law. Let the players decide it. Ramsey's a physical corner. They well, were hand he sold it. Yeah, he sold it. Ramsey sold it. I mean, what hurt Gallup is Gallup had his arm all the way extended. Yeah. I think if Gallup would have kept – because I, I don't think Gallup needed to extend his arm to catch that pass. Um, yeah. I don't – Probably not, yeah. He'd already – I, So, so Gallup shouldn't – his arm was – now, there wasn't, like, a clear and obvious push. But when Ramsey is, you know, selling it, <laughs> yeah. Gallup's arm is extended all the way back. Um, and also, yeah, I know it's Jalen Ramsey, who's one of the best corners in the league, who usually doesn't get beat like that. Right. So as an official, when you see that, you're thinking, oh, yeah, he definitely pushed off, and you're throwing the flag. Isn't that wild? But, I mean, the Cowboys, I mean, it evened out because the Cowboys got a turnover uh, because of the refs. They, they, they were on the good end of getting a turnover, and they were on the bad end of that one. I think it evened out um, because it it might have been a 10-point game if they don't call the uh, – if they don't call the – or if they do call the roughing the passer on Goff that should have been called. It mm-hmm. might have been 27-17, and, you know, the Cowboys maybe lose 27-17 or 27-24 or whatever. Um, so we're not talking about this anyway. So I thought the officiating was terrible. Yes, that was a bad call at the end, but Dallas got a big uh, was a big beneficiary of a no call earlier in the game. So I don't think that decided it at all. My main takeaway from this game was that Dak Prescott is not a top tier quarterback. He's you got to be kidding me. I agree. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna say. Oh, I was gonna say. Are you on the other side of this? No, um, I, entirely, I really like Dak his rookie year, and I thought Dallas got so lucky finding this guy. Like, they see, just I, got lucky, I never but was into him. I really was, and then I and then everything else about him, like he just seems like a great kid. No, he seems like and a good human. I have no, I have no I problem know. with Dak Prescott the person. But, but, yeah, he's just he's never. I, I think he has decision making issues. I feel like there's some, but I also feel like that with Deshaun Watson sometimes too. Though, is he holds on the ball too long. But with the here's the difference between Deshaun can't escape. Here's the difference with Dak and Deshaun. With Deshaun is not perfect. Yeah. But with Deshaun, you get the big plays. Yeah. You do like you get the home run plays, and Deshaun has, and he's shown it, the capability to be excellent. Yeah. With Dak, he's just consistently average. Yeah. I mean, even uh, the last drive. You know, two minutes left in the game, he's throwing four yard passes. Well, I mean, and they are also then they they also like they ran the ball late. I don't know. There was like there was some questionable play calling there too. But no, but Dak is not. He's not a guy that's going to make big plays for you. Like if someone's running wide open down the field, sure he'll yeah, make like the Amari throw Cooper to Cooper might you know get away with a, a ninety yard run off a four yard pass. But like Dak is not going to go and like, he's not. He is a. Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah, who do a, uh, they do a podcast. But Bucky, oh, I thought you saying he's like Bucky Brooks. I was oh. like, I remember Bucky Brooks, but no. But Bucky Brooks Bucky has an, a quarterback analogy. He says, "Is he a tractor or a trailer? Is he 
pulling is he pulling his guys or is he getting pulled by his guys? And Dak is he, Dak's a trailer. He's a uh, game manager. He, I mean, he is. He's very. I know they hate that label. But yeah, but I mean, he is. He, Dak is a game manager personified. Like that's exactly yeah. what he is. Dak is Alex Smith. But I feel like and that's all fine. Yeah, like it's like that's it's, okay. Utilize it properly. If you don't pay him forty million dollars <laughs> and expect him to be an elite quarterback, they haven't paid him yet, right? They franchised him. They had, they, yeah, not they haven't paid they him long term. Okay. They haven't done, given him a long term deal yet. <laughs> and honestly, if they do give him a long term contract, the Cowboys will be in cap hell. Um, oh yeah, they if, if they give him well, what he's Zeke, asking Zeke for. Zeke got paid. Uh, Zeke looked already, good, and he did look good. He actually looked really dominant. And I, I, I thought the Cowboys' offensive line did not like they were not very good uh, mm-hmm. by their standards. Um, so Zeke's numbers weren't outstanding. But you watched the game. The times when you know there weren't guys at his feet the second he got the ball, Zeke looked really, really. This was the best he looked since his rookie year, in my opinion. I thought Zeke was excellent. Yeah, he looked like he was more fit too. Honestly. He he looked more explosive. Just, I thought last year he was, you know, he because like. <laughs> This year, you needed to, unless you were at his feet the second he got the ball, once he got a couple of steps in, you needed two, three guys to bring him down. He was not going down with arm tackles. He was running through people. He looked good in the open field. I thought Zeke looked very good. Um, and, I, again, I don't think Dak was necessarily bad, but Dak is not an elite – he's not an elite quarterback. And you can't – so and I, we I've told this to you before where my theory – so I'm not – when we talk, I come off as very pro player where I'm like, pay everybody, and I'm not. I think you pay your elite players. Mm-hmm. Like, you pay, you pay, and you pay them elite money. So I'm fine with, you know, I think Deshaun's elite. So I'm fine with Deshaun getting a $38 million a year contract. I'm fine with Mahomes' contract. Those guys are elite, elite players. What gets you in trouble is when you pay a guy like Dak Prescott, if the Cowboys do ultimately pay him, you pay him $40 million a year, that's where you're in trouble. Where you get in trouble is DeMarcus Lawrence on a defensive line getting $20 million a year. DeMarcus Lawrence is a good player. He's a solid player. He's a top 15 defensive end in football. Don't tell that to Dallas fans. But he's but he's not an elite. I mean, when has DeMarcus Lawrence ever had a 15-sack season? Mm-hmm. Like, he's not Khalil Mack. He's not Aaron Donald. He's not what T.J. Watt is in Pittsburgh right now. He's not what J.J. Watt was four years ago, five years ago when he got his contract. Yeah, that the problem that where you run into problems is when you're paying good players elite money. Yeah. And if you do that with Dak Prescott, it's going to cripple the Cowboys franchise. And you saw it once again. Oh on, well. But I mean, you saw it once again <laughs> on Sunday night where yeah. Dak just you know he couldn't make the plays. And then McCarthy's play calling take the points when you're in the red zone on that fourth down situation. Is that weird. Like that was. But that's a Bill O'Brien kind of call. No, that what that is. This is what I thought of when I, as soon as Dallas put the offense out there, because you see a lot of teams put the offense out there, try to do a hard count just to get the defense to come off sides. Yeah, uh, New Orleans does that a lot. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, McCarthy's going for it because McCarthy all last season sold himself as I'm getting more innovative, I'm becoming a more dynamic coach, and I'm using analytics, and he ran this whole self-marketing campaign around how he's going to be this dynamic coach. Yeah, this is what he did, and it's ultimately how he got the Cowboys job. Um, Mm. Where I was like, oh, he's going to go for it to try to prove a point. And what does the rookie receiver CeeDee Lamb do? Who I think CeeDee Lamb is solid, but he's not as good as Cowboy fans make him out to be, just like most of their players are. Just (laughs) the same way as most of their players. But CeeDee Lamb is a good receiver, but he is a rookie. It is his first game. CeeDee Lamb needs to run that route. It's fourth and two. He needs to run it four or five yards down the field, give himself room to come back to the ball and still get the first down. He runs it one yard down the field. He catches it. John Johnson, the safety, is right there to tackle him. Cowboys are off the field. They don't come away with any points when they got the ball, when they had the ball at like the 18-yard line. Cost them. Yeah. And ultimately, it cost them the game. Because otherwise, yeah. we're talking about overtime probably right now. And what would who knows what would have happened in overtime. Yeah. We don't. But the Cowboys, they're, like, they're an average team. It's like I, like I don't think the Cowboys are a bad team. I don't think the Cowboys are a great team. They're an they're, eight eight. they're an average to a slightly above average football team. They're lucky team. they're in a horrible, horrible East Division. Oh, man. It's not a good division. I cannot believe that the Redskins uh, beat no, Philadelphia. The Washington football team. Yeah, sorry. Oh, strike that from the record, Your Honor. Um, the Washington football team, Dwayne Haskins, apparently had a pretty good second half, I guess. I don't I don't know what happened there. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch Dwayne all of it. Haskins. I don't care about the Eagles and the, and the Washington football team, but they always put it on on our region for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't – when the Packers and Vikings were on. So I had, eh, I have know. Sunday ticket, so I wasn't yeah. paying much attention to that and game. And that's what they're trying to get you to do, I think. They got to be, man, because it's like uh, they had on what? Miami and New England here. 
That was the first yeah, but AFC I was, game. I was intrigued. I was intrigued by that because it was Cam in New England. I would have rather watched Indianapolis and uh, Jacksonville just because they're an AFC South. Team. Nobody wants to watch Jacksonville. AFC South people do. You know. Okay, you do. Uh, it, Jason Casera is the one person. Rivers, uh, with the uh, that Colts J- off. Jason Casera is the one person outside of Jacksonville or. and Indianapolis <laughs> that wants to watch a Jaguars. There was another good AFC game on at that time. There had to have been something else. No. Like that New England Miami wasn't good. But it was Cam's but although you debut, wanted to see Cam, it, it, it yeah. was intrigue. And I watched some of it. It's so. intrigue. And Cam looked good. He looked he looked uh he looked happy. Hmm. Like he looked happy to be playing for a different team and get out of Carolina. Because I think there was there was just so much there's just negativity on his back in Carolina. Well, there was also so much expectation on him in Carolina. Whereas in New England, nobody yeah, no one knows know. what you're getting from Cam this yeah. year. So it's like, oh, he, like, and Cam, he went like 15 and 19. He didn't even throw for 200 yards. But it's still like, oh, Cam played great because there's no expectation moving. on him. Yeah, he was moving, though. He's, yeah, they he were, we'll see if he can stay healthy with yeah. that because he's had injury problems the last couple of years. Brady and Tampa uh, started off pretty well. So I so I think I said it on the last podcast. I, I predicted them to lose. Like, they're my Super Bowl pick, but I did say they would start one and two and they would lose week one. I yeah. thought the game would be closer. Saints always start off hot. So actually, the Saints typically are not good in Week Ones. They were good last week or last year in Week One. Eh, the no, Texans, the Texans. Uh, <laughs> Romeo Cornell just uh, doesn't know how to get out of prevent defense. But the Saints, the Saints are the Saints are weird, man. Um, I mean, the Saints are a good team. Yeah, they'll, they're they'll very, lose the they're teams that they shouldn't lose team. to. They'll beat teams that they probably shouldn't beat. But um, I thought they 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 seem solid. I mean, the Saints know. are a very good team, and they're also a team with a lot of continuity. So in this weird kind of off season where you're you didn't have OTAs or rookie mini camps and a lot of you know a lot of these off season programs and you had to do a lot of things through Zoom, the Saints, a team with a lot of continuity, yeah. they're going to look very good early in the season. Yeah, and Brady's filling out his guys still. Yeah, and, and Brady, Mike Evans, I don't know what he was doing half the time. Like I mean, he was out there, but he only came out with like two catches, I think. I think only had one, and it was that touchdown at the very end of the game. Yeah, it was, just, but it was kind of weird. I was like, why if you're not you're not going to him, but maybe that was Brady. I don't know. No, maybe I mean, he, he, th- open. he threw to him a couple of times. Did he not get open? Uh, well, Mike Evans also was hurt. Like, he was well, doubtful. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. so that's what and I'm saying. Though, like, playing. why be out there if, like, you can't go? 100%. Well, just to be a decoy takes him. Until he pulls his hamstring yeah, and he's losing for weeks. I don't know. I just I d- think that's a bad idea. I don't man. know. One bet I think I like this week. I think I like um, <laughs> I think I like Tampa big over Carolina yeah. this weekend. The spread's Carolina, like nine and a half. Carolina won, didn't they? No, they lost. I actually did bet on Carolina. Here, okay. Here's the, here's the dumbest thing that happened over the weekend. Then we'll hit the break <laughs> and right. talk about stuff that's not NFL. Um, dumbest thing that happened over the weekend. So it's fourth down and one at about midfield for Carolina, under two minutes left. There's like a minute forty left in the game. Carolina has Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, Mm-mm-mm. and it's fourth and one. So don't you think you should put the ball in the hands of your best player? I mean, they ran them like nine hundred times last year. Why not? And who do they give the ball to on fourth and one? Their fullback, whose name I don't even know. <laughs> and he doesn't pick up the first down. I'm looking for their score. It was 34 to 30 was the final score. Um, I had Carolina plus three. Um, oh, right, there we go. Oh, yeah. The, the and they lost by four. Las Vegas Raiders. But here's the thing. Carolina was moving the ball offensively great the entire second half. I think they get that first down. They go down and win the game. And I would have had an undefeated week this week. <laughs> so I am salty that the – that Joe Brady and Matt Rule did not give their best player the ball on fourth and one. So I'm salty about that. That's right. Matt Rule is their coach now, right? Matt Rule is their coach. I think he's a good coach. I think it was just a bad decision week one. But, oh, last thing on the Cowboys, though, I thought the Cowboys' offense looked the exact same. There's supposed to be this new offense and dynamic and all this, which I called BS on. But it looks a lot like Jason Garrett's offense. Like, the Cowboys didn't look any different to me on Sunday night. Was McCarthy calling the plays? No, Kellen Moore still is. All right. Well, and he was supposed to be super dynamic and, well, remember, and innovative, too. Remember what happened last year? Because the first three weeks of the season, they played the Giants, who have no talent on defense, the Washington football team, who were not who was not very good last year, and then they played Miami, who was tanking early in the season. Uh, and the Cowboys looked really, really good in those three games. Like, oh, yeah. they have this new dynamic offense. And it's like, no, they just played, like, probably the three worst teams in the league um, back to back to back. And then when they started playing good teams, they uh, didn't look very good. But, um, 
yeah, I mean, the Cowboys, they're going to beat up on the bad teams, but they're going to struggle against the good teams. And that's what we saw Sunday night. I actually thought they played they played better than I thought they would. Um, but I just don't think the Cowboys are – they're a average to slightly above average team. Um, they got to fix – I mean, once Lyle Collins comes back at right tackle, I think the offensive line will be better. But the offensive line, that right tackle steal was getting abused, um, especially in the fourth quarter. But yeah. But well, that, yeah, you want to hit a break? And yeah, I we'll, just want to point out before we do, Jason Witten's a Raider. He is. How, how sad is that, man? He had a catch. <laughs> he had a catch. He, for like the 900th consecutive game. I think game. also that's cool is that he went to the broadcast booth where he was horrible. Let's just admit oh, that he, guy, yeah. he never deserved the job. But uh, And he went back to the NFL, which is just a testament to like how in shape that guy is. Especially like Have he you had seen a lot of Jason injuries. Jason Witten run? Oh, I'm sure he's like a oh, oh yeah, and then Jarwin like tore his ACL or something, right? Yeah, the Cowboys. The Cowboys t- oh, that's a which big, I really like that guy. They, I was they, like, man, they paid him a good amount of money this now offseason. Now they wish they still had Jason Witten, but he's no, a not really. Jason, I would be there, but Jason Witten can't. Jason Witten finishes jerseys. third in a race with a pregnant lady. <laughs> I stole that from Stephen A. Smith. That's but awesome. That is, but that is true. Um, but yeah, we're gonna hit the break. We're gonna talk some. Some NBA, some MLB, and of course, some Coastal Bend High School football. We'll be right back with all this right here on the Right On Sports Podcast. I'd like to take this minute to talk about RightOnCorpus.com. Right On Corpus is a lifestyle media company that creates fun in our city by promoting experiences that you guys will love. They are the people to turn to for advice on everything Coastal Bend. What fun shall you do today? Find out at RightOnCorpus.com. All right. We're back. You ready? I'm ready. You ready to talk some Rockets? Man, so I said on the basketball? last... Basketball? I said on the last... Well, they're not playing basketball anymore. <laughs> um, I said on the last podcast, if they don't they adjust suck. some of what they were doing, they were going to lose to the Lakers in five games. Dear God, they just quit. And what do you know? I they was right. Quit. They just like... They, there's nothing else that I can think is like... They either... The players either won to get rid of Mike or... Or they're that like lazy. They don't give a shit. Well, here, he, here's the thing. It's one, two, three, Cancun. When you're in, I mean, James Harden hasn't been in a strip club in a while. I mean, honestly, that plays <laughs> a part of it. Like honestly, maybe. But here's my deal, though. If I'm uh, Tillman, is uh, Tillman I have, Fertitta, the I have high expectations, man. That's how he got there. Like that guy. He's self-made. He's hardcore. Um, I'm paying you forty million dollars to two of you, and you're gonna give that effort. I don't want to cuss, but I'm effing you up. <laughs> like how I would lay into my players for that effort because they gave no effort. Like that's all I see it as. They just gave no effort. But when not to get blown out the way they got blown when out. When have James Harden and Russell Westbrook ever stepped up to the challenge in the playoffs? <laughs> and that's 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 a hard pill to swallow. Probably for him more than anybody because he's paying him all that money and he's just like, that's a bad investment at this point. So we were talking about it beforehand in the the pre-show production meeting is uh Mori Ball and whoever the Rockets hire has to buy into Mori Ball I, I think that's well established and I heard the other day this in the sports radio in Houston is that uh Daryl Mori has a contract I guess it's strong enough that if Tillman fired him he's paying him for like the next three or four years anyway yeah those contracts are fully guaranteed so he's kind of stuck in a sense I mean he is and he's not you know if he got rid of him he'd have to go in a whole new direction uh for the most part, I mean, he's stuck with Russ. He's stuck with James. Oh, those. I mean, they're Har- untradeable. Harden is a Harden. I mean, you don't want to trade Harden. Uh, yeah, I've, Russ, I've seen calls for that. And Ru- I'm just like, Russ, Russ is untradeable though. Yeah, I think that, no I mean, way. To me, they both are. Someone would trade for James probably. No, yeah, I mean, Harden. I think Harden is a top. It, it would I be think a big league swap. The sixth or seventh best player in basketball. Well, a lot of guys call him the best offensive player in basketball right well, now. Well, I don't agree with that. But. <laughs> it's all right, but some people say that. They do. No, I mean, no, I mean, I think Harden is a top six or seven player in the NBA. Yeah, like he he gets paid a lot of money, yes, but I think he is worth it. Now he's not great in the playoffs, but he, I think that's where he needs a co-star who is that guy. Just is not Russell Westbrook. And I think we discussed yeah. this a little bit on the last podcast. They would have been better off if they kept Chris Paul. I think so. I really do. I like Brody. I really like Brody, but uh, he was fine. In Oklahoma, and he should have stayed there. He um, he he's just move. not a winning basketball player. I don't. Did you see that he got into an argument with uh, Rondo's, Rondo's brother. brother? Yeah. I mean, but maybe it's things like that. What is he paying attention to? I think. Well, here, the, the he, other part. Well, here's the other alarming thing okay. to me. 
why was their family there at, at the games? Like, how, yeah. how what? They're doing why that, was that all right? in the second round. Is that okay because of like they're in a bubble and a like ease thing? I would think that would be more of a distraction. It became a distraction. Well, no, like it's like in because think but about it's it. Rondo. But it, but in the bubble, like if there's no virus in the bubble, then it's not coming into the bubble. So you can have people at the games and stuff. So the yes. family's at the games. Like it's yeah. not just that game; it's all the games. The have family's the family's there. been staying in the bubble? Uh, starting in the second round of the playoffs. Oh, dude, I want I want to see. I like catastrophe so a little chaos let's have some chaos with that that'd be fun no i want this nba <laughs> season to play out hey i thought lebron i thought and I, I in the last podcast i felt like lebron was like old lebron again you know or you younger lebron he looks good and you saw it in the last game i mean dude he was killer he just was and harden doesn't have that i think lebron's been accused of not having a killer instinct sometimes but well, they, early in whatever, his career, he did know? not. Early yeah. in his career, he he has become a much better. He looks pissed. Closer, clutch player. He later, looks motivated, in his uh, and and he looks like he's just somebody that you don't want to beef with right now. No, he is. Um, and I still went to Clippers to beat Denver so I could see Kawhi and. Oh man, and Clash I mean, those are the two guys in the league right now. Yeah, oh man, the Clippers for Kawhi. Like everyone's talking about Kawhi. And I've said this, or I said it on a podcast, or Brent was here when you were on the injured list, that I thought Kawhi was the best. Uh, I have him as my best player in the league, yeah. Because last year in the playoffs he was in the He's playoffs. So dynamic man. In basketball is the only thing that matters to me. And when Kawhi, focus. but Kawhi need like the Clippers have to win tonight. Like they put the team they together better, to win man. a championship. Yeah, they better. And you can't blow a three-one lead, and having a. Uh, 19-point lead and a 16-point lead in the two games, or I think it was 19 18-point lead in game five and game six, and you blow those leads and now you're in game seven, the Clippers have to win this game. It wouldn't be the first Doc Rivers coach team to blow a 3-1 lead. No, it wouldn't. Right? So, I mean, that led to almost a, not well, not a roster. Uh, that, that led to Chris Paul ended up in Houston. That happened a few a years later. Um, I thought it was just like a year or two later. No, because that happened in 2015. Paul Chris didn't Paul end up till after till the seventeen so seasons. Seasons. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Who's counting? Don't do math. Yeah, <laughs> we're not math experts. So, clearly. but like, but that was that was. I, I would think that haunts him. Yeah, but the clip. Here's the problem with the Clippers. The Clippers they turn their effort on and off like a water faucet. How weird is that? Like it's just. Like, they'll have Denver on the ropes, and then they'll just relax. And all of a sudden, Denver hits a couple of threes, and they get hot shooting. And then if you start playing good defense, it doesn't matter because they're just making shots. And then the Clippers run no offense either. Like, they just – it is just, just pick and roll punch. or yeah. isolation. Right. Like, they're not running anything on offense. Um, they look just, like, apathetic. S- sounds like the Houston Rockets to me. Like, very similar. Because if they if they if they start off strong and they're doing well and they're flowing and everything's great, everybody's happy, they're smiling, they're playing great, but the moment there's some yeah. a little bit of adversity gets in their face, they're done, man. But they I just think, sink. I think the Clippers can handle adversity. The, th- the problem with the Clippers is their game plan is literally we are more talented than you. Yeah. That is their game plan. That only works out if you're playing hard throughout the game. Yeah. If you're turning it on and off. Do you think Kawhi takes plays off? No, it's just like the team as it's a whole. It's just that, uh, yeah. It's a t- and it's a team. It's the team as a whole where they just get comfortable because I think when they are playing hard, they are playing well. They see how much better they are than their opponent. So then it's just like, okay, well we can play down to them. Yeah, and then so it's like, okay, they turn off the effort for a bit, thinking if it gets tight, we can just turn it back on and pull away again. Well, they're not losing this game because the NBA is not going to let them lose this game. Oh no! <laughs> Who wants Lakers and Denver? So I actually like the Denver Nuggets. That's well, again, that's I, fine. It's nice. It's a I great actually, community. I like the Denver. Nikola Jokic is showing why he's the best center in basketball. Yeah, he and is. He and the Clippers have no answer for Jokic. If Jokic plays great. The Clippers don't have an answer for him. Like they don't. Zubox is not. Zubox is a decent center, but he's not a defender. The, I mean, the clip. I mean, Kawhi is a great defender, but Jokic is seven feet tall, and Kawhi is six seven. But Kawhi has to will that team to to a win, and I think he he did has that last to year with Toronto as he willed that season or that that team. Yeah, I mean, that, that they did not have to me enough talent to do what they did, but they did. Well, we'll yeah. see. I mean, by the time you listen to this podcast, Game Seven will have already <laughs> yeah. happened. Um, Very but true. I, and so but I'm, I'm wor- going. So I'm going clips. You're going clips. Yeah. I'm. I'm have take integrity. I picked Clippers to win the title, so I'll take the clips tonight. 
I um, appreciate your integrity. That high moral road is very important. Yeah, you know, I'm all about morality here. That's right. Um, but I think if I'm the Lakers, I'm rooting for Denver tonight. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, because yeah. the one guy that I think can really guard Nikola Jokic is Anthony Davis. Yeah. And Jokic is the key to that team. That would be a great so matchup, I, too. I think the Nuggets cool. – I think the Lakers are the Nuggets kryptonite. Um, so I think the Lakers would make pretty quick work of Denver. But the Clippers and Lakers, that's the, that would be a great series. But we also felt like the Lakers-Rockets matchup, like the Rockets were a bad matchup for the Lakers. And the Lakers, they, they, they that was even said in game one. They were the until even said that until, until the Lakers adjusted until they put Anthony Davis on Russell Westbrook. <laughs> that was so smart. It looked dumb. Yeah, well, you were like, "What's going on?" But then well, Russell Westbrook was like, "I don't know." Well, Russ can't <laughs> shoot, and he's not quick enough yeah. to get by him. That was bad, dude. So well, and so so to round out the NBA talk, I think is um, so. What do the Rockets do? Do they dismantle? They probably can't. Uh, who do they bring in as a coach? Like, I like Billy Donovan, but I've disliked him since he was at Florida. I like Billy Donovan, too, but will Billy Donovan do Maury Ball? I don't know. I, I mean, what 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 got him out of Oklahoma? They, I mean, they pushed well, him they, out, essentially. They, uh, they didn't renew his so, contract, right? So his contract was up, and I think Oklahoma wants to go into a full rebuild. And he doesn't. And he doesn't. Right. So I he think— He wants to win now. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I mean, think Billy Donovan ends up on the Sixers. That's my prediction. Ugh. <laughs> What about uh, Giannis being possibly traded? I don't think he's going to be traded. I heard that he unfollowed all of the team's he players. He did, and the team. yeah. Usually that's a sign, man. Antonio Brown did that to the Steelers, and look what happened. <laughs> Giannis so, is not Antonio Brown. He's going to end up uh, in NBA purgatory. Some suck Trade team. Giannis to the Spurs so my team can regain some what are relevance. These, have you seen these Popovich rumors too? With the Popovich Rockets? is not going That's to the. That's why, I, like, he's not leaving. Popovich Spurs. would shoot Russell Westbrook. Well, yeah, I don't he... understand. <laughs> I don't understand where these like rumors come from. I guess they're just rumors. But I've well, seen Pop that was so also much. rumored to go to the Nets. Like, I, he's never leaving San Antonio. He's man. gonna. Well, I think so. I thought this was gonna be Pop's last year because the Olympics were supposed to be this summer. And yeah. he's coaching Team USA. Okay. And he, you know, he's Air Force veteran. He's very, uh, like he very is very patriotic. Pa- he yeah. is very patriotic. Yeah. Um, he's been through a lot. Yeah. yeah. And so I think he would. He wanted to, his final time coaching, winning the gold medal with Team USA hmm. in the Olympics. But the Olympics are going to happen next year. So I think next year's pops last year. That That'd is interesting. That is my pop prediction. Well, Rockets head coach, do you have any predictions for that? I think it's going to be someone that we don't really know. So it, not a Tyrone Lue. It's not going to be Ty Lue. It's not going to be Billy Donovan. It's not going to be Sam Cassell. It's not going to be even Kenny Atkinson, who just got fired by the Nets. Um, I think it's going to be someone whose name we don't really know, who completely buys in to Daryl Morey's yeah, analytics. Yeah, Morey can control. Yeah. I exchanged tweets with him once. He's active on Twitter. I asked him if he could be the uh, Texans GM, <laughs> and he answered and said, I'm working for the Rockets still, and I got all excited. I was like, Daryl Morey. Well, I think Daryl Morey is a good, good guy. He is a good – I think he's even a good general manager. I think the problem is they're too reliant on analytics. Sometimes that the three just doesn't go in. Well, I th- – <laughs> you got to stop, the, the- man. I mean, basketball, like, sports are a game played by young, al- young, super talented alpha males. Yeah. You can't always quantify them into numbers. And I think at some point you have to have some basketball sense take over. But Daryl Morey is beholden to his spreadsheet, mm-hmm. to his, whatever his analytics are. And I think he has to let go. He, doesn't have, he has to compromise somewhere. Yeah. Um, because in a sport with – the tallest athletes in the world, having no tall people is just not going to win you a championship. Yeah, yeah, there's just zero sense behind that. Sometimes you just got to apply the sense. Yeah, I don't care what the what the numbers say. Yeah, if you have no like the warrior, like the Warriors used to play small ball, and yes, they would play it, but they would also play Andrew Bogut and Festus Azili and yeah. Zaza Pachulia. And then when Kevin Durant got got there, yeah, they played small ball, but Kevin Durant is seven feet tall. It's Kevin Durant, yeah, like he's seven feet tall. If, so, if, I mean, God, what a dream! I love Kevin Durant. That what a what a dream he'd be in the Rockets. But so I, the Rockets, but I don't know if he'd fit. They need tall people. That's what they need. But well, now, moving on, I'm gonna pour a forty out for the Rockets season. You're gonna and, pour yeah, a forty? Oh man, I used to drink forties when I was your age. Oh gosh, I I've never drank a forty. 
You will. I, I hope Especially that. if we end up in Vegas. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not drinking a... I'm a Jack and Coke kind of guy. Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whiskey Honey and Coke. Jack. We'll have to bring... We'll have to do a drinking day again. I like, I like Jameson. So another team that was very analytic heavy and now has uh, one of the best GMs. I'm not going to say the best. I know some people say the best, but I think one of the best GMs in baseball is not there anymore. And maybe it's showing, or maybe it's at the manager who isn't there. They would have been suspended anyway. <laughs> but no AJ, no Jeff Luneau. And, uh, yeah, I, I'd be fine if the season ended tomorrow. For Sometimes the Houston Astros. For that. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, they're under 500. They're barely above the Mariners, the, the suck-ass Mariners. And um, it's just not looking good. They they had the dramatic win over the Dodgers the other night when they walked off Kenley Jansen. That was, was my favorite win of the season. That was great, you know, and they've, they've done it to that guy before, and he gets in their head. Dave Roberts did a great thing and brought him back out on Sunday night. Yeah, that when they were up by, like, seven runs. But he needed it. Yeah, you know? I just feel like to get the confidence that. back. And and he was fine, and he got out of there, and they were done. But um, pitching doesn't look good. Grinky was looking good until he wasn't, and when he wasn't, it was Dunzo. And you have nobody else to really bring in to shut down, to turn off the oh, pipes man, when, the they're, bullpen, when they're bleeding. The bullpen. I, who do you Cy trust Sneed? in the bullpen? Oh, Cy <laughs> Sneed, I can't – oh, man. I and So I like him as a person, but Dusty Baker is not a good manager. He's just not, and, and he's always been good enough. Now, I think that he won titles with the No, Giants, he never won right? – he's no? never won a title. I think he had good teams with the he Giants. Had good and never te- won. He's he's had good teams pretty much everywhere he's gone yeah. and never won. So he's a good regular season manager, maybe. Or sometimes in baseball, I think too, though, is like when the team's talented, you just let them go, man. Yeah. You let the horse run. The only way you can screw it up is just making poor in game decisions by bringing in the wrong, wrong reliever against certain batters, things like that. AJ was really good because he knew the, who all these guys were. He understood the analytics and he studied it. I don't think. But I don't think AJ was beholden to analytics. He made a lot of just smart. He was smart. I mean, he's a psychology major from Stanford. Yeah, he was a smart guy. I think he also the team always had, even when they like went on a losing streak, which they didn't do much the last three years. But even when they went on a losing streak, the morale was always high in the team. You can see this team; they are not enjoying. They're baseball not happy. Right. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're not, not enjoying it right now. They're they're in a sense lucky they're not having the ticket on the chin from the fans in person everywhere they go. That is a saving yeah. grace of this, but they're still putting up with some bullshit. However, uh, I don't think that's it. I think it's just the overall, like the aura in the clubhouse now. Yeah, no, and Dusty's not the guy to fix that. No, and I think that's where AJ. That was like. The thing you couldn't define about AJ, yeah, where the as you said the aura in the clubhouse with AJ was always really really He's good. Beat. He backed his guys. Yeah. When Dusty said the other day, I don't think he was literally sitting in his office and didn't know the game plan. I think he was saying that the players did whatever they wanted to in that game plan, like you know, like a, however they were attacking pitching, uh, uh, and then maybe the pitching game plan itself. Do you think the players respect Dusty? I think they respect. Do you think they listen? As a manager, yeah. yeah. I think they respect Dusty Baker. I think as a manager, they're so used to AJ, the way things were, and winning. Winning breeds happiness, of course. Yeah. And, I mean, when you're winning 104 games yeah, a and year, you've had guys hurt up and down, and all. It's a weird season, and I th- maybe right this season the hunger's not there like it has been in the past to whip everyone's ass, and it's unfortunate because I, I think, think honestly, if we had a full hun- season, I think the hunger is there. I think they're off to a bad start. They have all these injuries. And I think the the offense looks into that bullpen and says, <laughs> unless we put seven runs on the board, Maybe. we're not winning. Well, you don't have Altuve around. And Bregman just got back. Uh, Springer's been on and off the yeah, list. Springer's Brantley was on down. the list for a bit. There just hasn't been any consistency except for uh, Kyle Tucker. Correa. Correa, yeah. Correa and Kyle Tucker. And I've seen some fun – Debates on Astros Twitter about whether to keep Correa or Springer long term. Oh, I would and keep Correa over yeah, Springer. Yeah, certainly. Correa's only twenty five. Yeah, Correa's younger. He's Springer's the like thirty. Stopping baseball. Yeah, and and he's younger than Lindor. He's younger than Corey Seager, which is weird, right? Because it seems like Corey Seager just came up two years ago. No, Corey Seager was there like in twenty fifteen or sixteen. He's like twenty seven years old. Yeah, and so Correa is actually still the youngest good shortstop in baseball, and he has a long way to go. So. uh He's healthy. I mean, yeah, it's a short season, but it's he's he's been healthy. 
I feel like if this if we would have had a normal season, the Astros are tremendously better right now. Uh, it's just it's a weird year and it sucks. Um, little to no hope left for this team. I kind of feel like I, I'd rather them miss the playoffs than make the playoffs and then get embarrassed by the Rays or, or or the A's or something like that. I'd rather them just miss the playoffs so they can be at home, get their minds right, come back. No, in the spring I'd, ra- and, and I'd rather them make the playoffs because then it gives you. Like, cause you get to get your guys coming back. Mm-hmm. It is a team that's been in the playoffs before, yeah. even though they had AJ before. But it is a group of players that have been in the playoffs. They're hopeful that Verlander can come back, you know, in time for the playoffs. Hope's a four-letter word, Gabe. Hope is a four-letter also word. That's your name, though. Damn it. <laughs> um, this is a nickname. It is. But um, so I wanted to make the playoffs, but this is just this is not. A good baseball team that I'm watching. No, I mean, of course, I want to make the playoffs, but I wanted to make it as a as a full full squad, full tilt. You know. Yeah. Oh, I if just, it's this team that goes into the playoffs, then yeah, I don't yeah, think they make it, it out of the first it, round. Oh, they're gonna because it's a best of three series. The first round, they'll say they land the Rays. They probably get swept. I mean, you know, two out of three, but like they land the, the thing Rays. Is if you win, if you win the first game, if you can get to the playoffs, and you're gonna have <laughs> Grinky pitching game one, you win that first game. Man, that's a lot of pressure that goes on the other side. Yeah, for sure. And and if we get JV back, that's huge too. But he's gonna have to get stretched out. Um, Lance McCullers. Yeah. yeah. So the the that three headed monster. And I think if you could really go, missing, you have some guys like as much as we trashed the bullpen. I think there are three guys in the bullpen that I would trust to pitch in a playoff game: Blake Taylor, Enoli Paredes, and Ryan Presley. Yeah, and that's it. And then, but I think you can. But then you have guys like Andre Scrub, yeah. who's not bad. I think you can. Sometimes who, Josh James can, shows up. Sometimes, but he I doesn't. think you could piece together. I think you could piece together if you went up one zero with Granky, mm-hmm. and let's say you started Framber Valdez in game two. Yeah, you get three innings from Framber. I think you could piece together six and innings. Arquiti. I mean, it's and and, and Arquiti, can we forget? Yeah. yeah, like a couple of these guys that have come back or have been looking good uh, for the most part. Brad, they've Pe- Brad Peacock's back. Yeah, and so. You're giving me some hope. The light's starting to get a little brighter. Like it, I think if you can go into the playoffs with the full squad, because it's the best of three series, if Granky would pitch game one, if you can get a game one win, that puts a lot of pressure on your team, and I think you could piece together outs. Well, and the schedule for the rest game. of the regular season, which is much left, but uh, it's it's pretty easy here on out. I mean, I'm pretty sure. I think it's just Texas. We're starting to set with Texas. And then it's like Seattle and L.A., and they all suck. Of course, we took like a four-game sweep from L.A. just a week and a half ago. So Yeah, but we've played the Angels good in Houston, and we've sucked against them in in Orange County. Anaheim? So let's see. Yeah, three-game set with the Rangers, three-game set with the Diamondbacks, three-game set with the Mariners, and then a four-game set with the Rangers to end the year. So the tweet I sent you a few days ago that showed the Astros still being the AL favorite. Oh, I, I laugh at myself, but I'm certain. I'm thinking like, are we inside this bubble where we're not seeing maybe still what other the rest of Major League Baseball seeing? And for one, that if this team, yeah, all the pieces are back, if all the pieces are back and watch playing well, back. then sure. But I just it it's hard for me to see that happening. <laughs> it is hard to see that. It's happening. hard for me because the other end of it again is like it has to do with Dusty Baker. These guys even want to play for that guy right now. And whether he got an extension or not, it doesn't matter. Managers are highly fireable in Major League Baseball. Uh, and I, I don't think he's back for 2021. Unless they go on a tear and, you know, maybe not win the World Series, but maybe make the ALCS and he manages well, I think he's back. If if they don't, I just can't see it. But I also don't know if James Click is a good general manager. I, so I, we, we don't, don't we don't know. know. Yeah. Like, he hasn't really made he's any made moves. no moves. Well, the thing is, you're not going to do it this year. Yeah. Because your team is so injury-ridden, and you don't have that many prospects left. Build back up the farm system. It's such a weird year anyway. Hit the reset yeah, button minor and leagues. go forward. Yeah. and so We'll find out this offseason a lot more about James Click than we know right oh, now. Oh, absolutely. Because we don't really – we just don't – I mean, he came from Tampa, and Tampa's really really well run. Right. So I think I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, and we just haven't seen him. There's nothing to judge him on yet. Yeah, and Jim Crane's got a lot of decisions to make too. I mean, he's got to figure out who's going to pay and play and who he's not going to pay and play and all that stuff. So, moving on from those Houston Astros, we'll jump into the local wonderfulnesses. That is uh, wonderfulness. The wonderfulnesses. <laughs> yeah, wonderfulnesses. We are making up words right here on the Right On right Sports on Podcast, Sports, baby. High school football. High um, school football. 
Corpus Crispy, Cal Allen. <laughs> I thought they were actually going to pull the upset. They played them well. They played La Vega really well. Um, I think there was just, and it's it's not really fresh in my mind at this point, but I think there were just a couple of plays that really uh, separated La Vega. The, yeah, and, and the the star quarterback wasn't there. He was not playing. Yeah, because um, if that was the kid, then I mean, he's not that good. Uh, which I hate to say, but their quarterback really wasn't impressive. He moved the ball well, but it was just they ran kind of a similar style offense as Cal Allen did. They, yeah, they were running a lot of misdirection, and they had a few good runners. Um, a lot of big kids, and that always hurts. Well, for years now, it's hurt Cal Allen as they get out of this area, and those kids are just bigger, you know. Well, I thought Cal Allen. I didn't think they were overmatched physically. Um, I thought the main thing. I think again, Cal Allen does not have team speed. Well, and they can't pass the ball. That no. hurts a lot too. Their quarterback actually looked good because Earls went out early. Yeah, and, that's yeah. And, and talk the, about no team speed. Like you lose him, you have no yeah. team speed. And then, uh, but their their quarterback looked pretty good. Um, but they can't they can't pass the ball. I mean, poor young man doesn't have a great arm. Hopefully, he'll develop one day into Vince Young, but not not last weekend. Um, but they're one and two, and I can't tell you the last time I remember a Cal Allen team being one and two. And so now, what they you said they were off this week. No, they're playing, they're playing a GP. GP. Or okay. no, wait, no, they're they're off this week, and then GPs next week, okay. and then Kerrville Tyvee's the week so. after that. Man, I mean, they could end up like two and three, you know, when they get into uh, that division play. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't. The district yeah, is killer. what matters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you're you. And it's I think, a tough district, and, and I think for Cal, it's like you're you're seeing what you have to improve on early yeah. on. The the loss that's killer right now is Cornerstone Christian. That's one you shouldn't yeah. lose. Yeah. Um. But I mean, you did all right against Jordanton. You know, the score was you know you kept it close with La Vega, who's the state favorites. But yeah, I'm. So let me ask you: Are you more or less hopeful for the season after the? La Vega game, not just for Allen, but for like, for my prediction of a team out of that district making it to Jerry World to the state championship. No, I, I think there's still possibilities because, like you said, they kept it really close. Um, a team like La Vega, that how storied in a sense that they are, is that easily could have been a blowout if they came in, you know, kicking all cylinders. Uh, I thought Cal Allen did play him pretty well, so. There's hope there. What I don't know is really is our other teams. Um, Miller, Rockport, right? Well, so Rockport's in D2. Rockport's in, yeah, so just so, Miller. But it would be Miller and Miller's Port Lavaca. scorching the earth, though, right, offensively? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do they have a defense? I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Didn't look very good against Sinton. Sinton uh, put up points? Sinton, I think it was like they, put up like they put up 28 in the first half. Oh, wow. Um, so they could move the ball pretty easily against Miller. So Miller, though, I mean that's that that can be okay because that could, they might have the uh, they're gonna to win in if, a shootout. if they're gonna be the high end teams, it's gonna be in a shootout. Could their speed beat La Vega? Like, could you see them and that say that game? You go back to Friday, and it was Miller and so I need to see Miller tested offensively because yeah. even Miller, like against Sinton, they made a couple of mistakes. Like they had a couple of turnovers on offense that were like kind of dumb turnovers. When you're a great offense and you're playing such an inferior defense, and especially when you're in high school, I mean, think about it. These kids are 16, 17 years old. And since 3A. Yeah, it's like it's so easy just to like get careless. Yeah. Versus if you're playing La Vega, you're going to be much more focused yeah. throughout the game. Um, so that's why Miller and, Miller and Rockport game that was rescheduled two weeks ago is now being played this Friday. I'm so curious for this game because – I want to see Miller tested. I mean, they played TM and destroyed them. Yeah. They played a Sinton, and, you know, the offense never looked uncomfortable. Um, I want to see Miller face some adversity. So, hopefully, for that point, for, for them to face some adversity, hopefully, hopefully it happens this weekend. Now, if they go and blow out Rockport, then it's like, oh, Miller could be really, really good. But if they go and lose to Rockport, it's like, eh, how good is this team? So I want to see how I want to see how Miller uh, looks against Rockport. We'll, we'll see get the district play, and, and you'll just really start making heads and tails of things. Yeah, I think so. I think I watch Rockport. I think Miller's a much better team. Much Are we more getting talented. closer to five A and six A kicking off? Yes, next. That's next weekend. Okay, that's next weekend. 
I didn't pull up the uh, the amazing three six website. one HX yeah. blast. So yeah, this weekend the only games going on in the Coastal Bend are uh, Calhoun playing Bel Air Episcopal in the Houston <laughs> School. Did I, Episcopal. I didn't even say that right. That's fine. Uh, you were laughing. I was I, like, wait, no, I didn't. I say said it. wonderfulness this earlier. Yeah, was, you know, we're just making Bel- up things. Bel Air Episcopal. It's it's like you know how sometimes like you're trying to sound out a word. And you do, it doesn't like head. occur to you like <laughs> what the word is. That's what happened there. Uh, but Calhoun versus Port Lavaca versus Belair Episcopal, uh, Miller against uh, Rockport, um, and then Robstown against TM. So not a ton of action. But Miller and Rockport's a very very big game this weekend. So, but not a ton of action overall. But the next weekend we get um, Flower Bluff playing Rockport, GP and Cal Allen. Um, TM and Ray, Vets and Miller. That's a big one. That's a big one. We have yeah. to go to that game. Yeah. So that so next weekend we get a lot of action. This weekend not a ton of action, but we get that Miller Rockport game that we've. Where been Where is that for. game at? Is that the Buck Stadium? No, it's, it's in, in Rockport. Rockport. Might be worth the trip. I mean, we My, could, you know, mini road trip. We talk about trips, but yeah, it ended up not happening this weekend. Yeah, Wasn't, just Friday came and went and you know whatever yeah. the biggest thing you know what's weird with high school though is it's just getting tickets and especially right now yeah not knowing for you, sure if you can buy them at the gate you, you know yeah apparently you could i guess for that game in san marcus but that was a big stadium i mean they could spread you out or whatever yeah. but uh we'll have to call rockport and see if we can uh yeah because i don't think they they i'm pretty sure they don't have a large stadium out there yeah no i've been out there they don't have a large stadium do they have stands yeah they All have right. stands are they the sand crabs no, that's Port, Port Lavaca. Lavaca. What's what's Rockport? The Pirates. The Pirates. All right, we got the pi- we pirates, have the Pirates and the Buccaneers this yeah. weekend. Yeah. Okay, so, so here let's do a pick on that game. Who do you got? The Pirates or the Buccaneers? The Buccaneers. You got Miller. I got Miller yeah, as well. I think so. I mean, but I, I don't. I just don't know enough about Rockport to really doubt Miller. I don't. Think I don't think they roll Rock, them. Rockport. I don't think Rockport has a speed. I don't, but I don't think Miller rolls them. I think the things with some of the speed teams, though, is that you can get inside their head. So Rockport, if I remember correctly, going out there last year, Rockport does not play on turf. No, they play. On, they if go, I remember correctly, they're playing on grass. Isn't that funny? So like that, but that not only that, all the rain team, we've had. Yeah, and the rain. I mean, we're supposed to still get rain the rest of the week. You might have a, like a muddy, sloppy field. Yeah. That can change things up a lot. Man. No, so that's where uh, – here, I'm going to try to pull it up right now. But if I remember correctly, fun. yeah, I'm looking at it. It's a grass field. Oh, that could make it a lot more fun. More that, interesting. That makes, that makes Miller – yeah, that can slow down. Okay, so speak, this, is the, uh, this is the last thing. So last thing I'll touch on probably before we end it. Do you remember that USC Notre Dame game with Reggie Bush and Matt Liner like way back in 05? Uh, that was super hyped where they up. Pushed, where they the pushed, the Bush Push yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, so Notre Dame, they play on. I think they have turf now, but they played on grass forever. Mm-hmm. They didn't cut the grass for like three weeks before that game <laughs> to slow down Reggie Bush. That's awesome. So I, remember, I don't know if that's awesome or not. I mean, it's a cool story. Yeah, like the like just, the game, just, the gamesmanship. You and know, that's why people got to get over the Astros and what they did, man. <laughs> all, you're always trying to get an advantage, right? You're yeah. always trying to get an advantage over your opponent. So all the lies. Um, that is fascinating, though. That is fascinating. Yeah. So I'm, but yeah, it's supposed to rain a lot this week here in the coastal bend. So I'm, if the if the grass is messy out there in Rockport, because I remember I went out there last year and it was grass, and I don't think they got turf this off season. Not this off season, at least. You yeah, you, you wouldn't be messing with it probably. So I'm, uh, I'm curious now. I'm, uh, I'm very intrigued by it. I'm down to do it. I mean, Rockport road trips. That's not too far. We can. Uh, and there's good food out there. We can do. Is there? Oh yeah, there's always good food in Rockport. So they just have good seafood. I can't I, tell you a single place, but I just know. <laughs> all right. Well, we will. Uh, Plus, it's close to Port A and AP and all that stuff. I mean, that you is know, true. There's, there's, there's always stuff out there. Yeah. Would I take the ferry out there? Or would I? What is with the ferry system? Since they changed the the way you go, so I've never the done ferry. the ferry. Really, I've the always fun, man. So okay, let me tell you a quick story about the ferry then. Okay, quick is, story about uh, the ferry for our local Corpus Krispies. <laughs> <laughs> the ferry for years was like they they ran like maybe three or four of them, and they were always like these old rust bucket kind of barges or whatever. Okay, and uh, so when you went, it was 
I always felt a little uneasy. I was like, man, is this thing going to sink <laughs> or whatever, you know? Um, but the last few years, they replaced them all. Now, I don't know if the Texas, the, the Department of Transportation for Texas owns these things because it's technically a byway, you know? Okay. And they replaced them all over the last few years, and they're all nice and new, but you can't get out of your vehicle anymore. They used to let you get out, so you could just jump out, look over the oh, water. Oh, you can't get out of your car? They let you In out. Galveston, they let you. Yeah, and yeah. when it's not real long either, it's probably four or five minutes maybe. Oh, that's pro- that's why then. Yeah, and, but they used to let you. Know, I think maybe they were even slower, but um, there's dolphins in the water, and so it's always fun to watch and things like that. Well, For the longest, you always just drove up. You got in a big, long line. They pointed you yeah. in the direction to get on. Now they have this crazy, complicated lane system, and I swear to you, the 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 time it takes to get on that damn ferry now is like tenfold than what it used to be. The last two times I've gone, because I like taking my son out there. Yeah, he always wants to go on the ferry. I'm like, now I'm like reluctant. I'm like, I'd rather take the the long, yeah. boring one way death trap road than, than take that ferry because you you probably sit for about thirty minutes to get on the ferry, and it used to be five ten. Man. It's just really weird, and so all I can speculate is that. Road engineers in the state of Texas, uh, they don't know what they're doing, man. I don't, I don't know what's happened. All right. So for those of you that are not from Corpus Christi, you got a taste of our uh, life here in the Coastal Bend. That's right. And you got to come down, though, support local uh, Port Aransas, take the ferry, and sit in the long line for a long, long time. You'll love get, love Port Aransas. Port A is great. I do love that town. And they have a high school. They do. They don't play football, though. That's not surprising. Aren't they the Dolphins? <laughs> I'm sure they are. They're bound to be the Dolphins. I think they're the Dolphins. Or the Pelicans, one of the two. Are they, I, part of you want to say Marlins, but I really think Marlins, they're the Dolphins. Marlins, actually, no, I think the Marlins are maybe. They the, are they the Marlins? They're uh, All of these end with the INS, so, well, kind of. This yeah, is why we have the internet. Right this fins. is why we have yeah. the internet. Jason, entertain the guests. <laughs> so, um, besides that, fairies are cool. Fairies they are free. It's the Marlins. It is the Marlins, Yes. Going it's right the for once. You are you are correct. That's a really good school too. They have a good school system out there. Yeah, it's not very do. big. So um, so I live out on well, you know this, but I live out on an island out there, and my younger sister goes to the charter school out there. And mm-hmm. if you live on an island, you have a choice of going to Flower Bluff or Port Aransas. And gosh. actually, the Flower Bluff school, the like Flower Bluff ISD, is really like, that's good. the best yeah. ISD here in the area. Yeah. Um, and it's actually the reason why my family lives on the island. Is because of Flower Bluff ISD, mm-hmm. um, but Port Aransas is also a really, really good school system. And there was a parent at like the parent teacher like meet the teacher day last year because there was some you know there was some something with the bus pickup for Port Aransas ISD here on the island. Something that went way. wrong. Yeah. Um, and he goes, I don't care if I have to drive my son all the way out to Port Aransas myself. Oh, He's going God. to that high school, and I'm like, man, it's just high school. Your son's not going to care anyway. Like that's my. Yeah. That's my kind of thinking because I didn't care in high school. But stay in school, kids. Uh, do Definitely. well. Do your grades don't and do, stuff like don't that. Don't do drugs. Stay in school. And hopefully and online learning won't last forever. Hopefully not. And hopefully we can get normal crowds at high school football games so we can do road trips more easily than what we're doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting this podcast. We're just growing as we go. Uh, Russell's not here today, so fire him. And, fire uh, Russell. Fire Russell. If you're not here, that's what happens, man. You snooze, you lose, bro. I know. He came in, and then when it was time to record, he's like, all right, I'm gone. <laughs> he like, abandoned us. What a jerk. So we're just here freely. We don't even know if this thing's really recording or not. I mean, it says it is, but we don't have a producer today, so it's, something will go wrong. Yeah, for all we know, it's not picking up our voices, and this is going to be heard. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, like and subscribe to podcast. Leave a review, if you so please. Uh, tell also, your friends. Yeah, tell your friends. Also, tune in to... My little niche show, uh, Gabe's Gambling Den, where I give you gambling and fantasy football advice. Coming off a winning week last week, uh, and gave some pretty good fantasy advice as well. Most of my picks turned out um, pretty well, so tune in for that. Um, and yeah, I think it's time for us to eat lunch. Sounds good to me. I'm hungry. so Let's, let, let's put a cap on this thing. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you later. Bye. Boom.